Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. There is little consensus among scholars about how the gospel first came to the land of the Medes and the Kurds, east of Cappadocia and west of Arzun. What we do know is that early in the second century, the northern Mesopotamian region, then known as Edessa, had enthusiastically embraced Christianity. According to the early church's most renowned historical chronicler, Eusebius, the Syriac king, Akbar, had converted under the ministry of Adai, one of the 72 disciples mentioned in the New Testament. Indeed, according to this account, he was sent to the Kurds by the apostle Thomas, who himself had traveled east as far as Malapur. Adai was succeeded as pastor of the community by his disciple Agai, and by all accounts, he was an able and energetic leader. Agai sent missionaries eastward as far as the Himalayan range and southward as far as the Spice Isles of Indonesia. By the end of the second century, the vibrant Christian community in Edessa had flowered into a center for missions, the arts, and substantive scholarship. It was there that the Peshitta, or Syriac translation of the Bible, was produced, compiled by about 172 AD, the document, sometimes known as Tatian's Diatoreson, was a landmark work that laid foundations for the evangelization and church planting efforts throughout the Parthian, Persian, and Chaldean lands of the Middle East. About that same time, a famous school of discipleship was established in Edessa. Among its most illustrious disciples uh, were the poet Bardesanes and the hymnologist Harmonius. Evangelists from the school spread across the entire East, including such luminaries as Sharbil, Barasama, Gurja, Shamanona, and Habib. Indeed, the Kurdish church was a hive of spiritual vitality, energy, and influence. As early as 197, regional councils, or synods, were held at Edessa. And in 325, the senior pastor, or bishop of the community, was sent to Nicaea to assist in the first ecumenical council called by the Emperor Constantine. Attilataya is listed among the active participants in that pivotal meeting of the patristic church which produced the Nicene Creed. 
The persistent incursions of tribal invasions and migrations from across the Asian steppes and the Arabian Peninsula plagued the Kurdish Christian communities from the 5th through the 9th centuries. Nevertheless, the Chaldean and Nestorian churches remained the most dominant cultural influences throughout the region. Indeed, during the height of the Sassanid Empire, these Syriac churches extended the reach of the gospel as far as the heart of the Tang dynasty in the east and the Javanese dynasty in the south. At the conquest of the Sassanids by Islam, the church was designated as a protected Dehemi community under Muslim rule. Indeed, from the 6th century, the church expanded greatly, establishing ties with the churches far to the south in the Indian subcontinent. It even began having evangelical success among the Mongol tribes in Central Asia and China, which had a thriving gospel witness under the Tang dynasty from the 7th to the 10th century. Even as late as the 14th century, the Kurdish and Syriac believers saw great missional success under the Mongol Empire. Indeed, uh, there were a number of influential Chaldean and Nestorian Christians who served in the Mongol court. Scotland, in the early 19th century, produced some of the most remarkable servants of God in the history of the church— That galaxy of brilliant Reformed preachers, writers, and missionaries included Andrew and Alexander Bonar, his brothers John, James, and Horatius, as well as Robert Murray McShane, William Chalmers Burns, John Urquhart, John Nesbitt, uh, Rabbi John Duncan, David Ewart, and Alexander Duff. They were bound together by a common cause in a common time and with a common vision by a common love. Each one of them was profoundly influenced by the life, work, and ministry of Thomas Chalmers. Indeed, they all grew up under the shadow of Chalmers, who was indisputably the greatest preacher, theologian, and reformer of the day. And according to Alistair McGrath, the virtual re-founder of Scots Presbyterianism. Each studied under Chalmers at St. Andrews University or the University of Edinburgh or the Free Kirk's New College. Each followed him through the difficult days of the Ten Years' Conflict, stood with him during the disruption, worked with him in the establishment of the Free Church, and continued his legacy in missions and parish renewal. Each reflected the vision of Chalmers for a committed, godly parish clergy and an impassioned, strategic outreach to the lost. Each had a passion for missions. Their vibrant gospel vision catalyzed one of the most remarkable missions movements that the world has seen since the halcyon days of the early church, sending a generation of pioneering missionaries out to the uttermost parts of the earth, including to the long-forsaken homeland of the Kurds across the Nineveh Plain. Among those hardy pioneers to the northern Mesopotamian region was Asael Grant, an American of Scots descent, 
Having studied under Chalmers and been inspired by the missionary success of Alexander Duff in India, he set his sights on the fortified Kurdish city of Tabriz. He had learned of such a far-off place from the testimonies of the earliest missionary explorers who fanned out across the globe in those heady days. Over the course of his long and productive life, he oversaw the planting of more than three dozen churches, two hospitals, and five schools, many surviving right up to the present day. Despite the historical ebb and flow of its fortunes, the pressures and travails of dehimitude, and the adversities and troubles brought on by Saddam's iron-fisted Ba'athist regime, ISIS, and the contemporary chaos in Iraq, Syria, and Iran, the church in the region has somehow endured. It has stood fast. It has persevered. It has even, in some cases, prevailed. That is the remarkable story of both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, including a brand new app, go to georgegrant.net.